Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Puppies, kittens, there's something very important for me to tell you, and that is that I am doing the first Ghost of a Podcast giveaway. I am so excited. The whole month of August 2019, in honor of Ghost of a Podcast's one-year anniversary, I will do a weekly giveaway, and this is how you enter. It's so easy. Go to Apple Podcasts, whether or not you listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, go to Apple Podcasts and give the show a five-star rating. And in your review, include, of course, kind words. We love kind words, but also include your either Twitter or Instagram social media handle. And you have to specify whether it's Twitter or Instagram, and you have to spell your handle right. And once a week, I'm going to pick a name, and you will be contacted directly by me, and I will hook you up with some adorable swag. That's what's going to happen. It's going to be cute. It's going to be so cute. And if you've already written me a review, first of all, thank you. And second of all, just go in, edit your review, and you'll be entered to win. See how simple that was? I think it's pretty simple. I'm really excited to do a giveaway. It's my first giveaway. So, you know, be a part of it. Be a part of the ghost of a podcast magic. Happy birthday to us. This week, I have a question from Dan. And Dan asks me, what wisdom do you have for allowing one's psychic and medium senses to fully mature and develop? Your extrasensory sensitivities are so masterful and clear. Giving birth brought this sensitivity to spirits to the surface for me again, and I want to develop it so that I can use it as a skill to be in service as well as to my ancestors, higher wisdom, to the earth, and to the collective, but I'm not sure how. Sometimes fear, impatience, and life circumstances gets in the way. And Dan was born 3.02 p.m. on January 31st, 1988 in Oakland, California. This is a really great question, and it's a question that I get in different forms a fair amount. As soon as I pull up your birth chart, Dan, what I see is you are so sensey. You have a midheaven, north node, Venus conjunction in Pisces. You have a stellium, which is to say that you have a concentration of four planets in the sixth house, but amongst those planets is Neptune and Saturn, Uranus and Mars. But Neptune and Saturn is what I'm really interested in. You're also a double Cancer, rising and moon in Cancer, and your moon is in the first house. So all of these things, plus many others I'm not yet naming, do indicate not only that you are highly sensitive emotionally, but also energetically. They also indicate that it makes sense for you to consider a path where your work is energy healing, or it is on some level working in the realm of woo. And the realm of woo is a very large realm, right? Like there's a lot of different ways to be, a, I call it woo-woo or woo practitioner, but there's a lot of different ways of working in alternative spirituality, essentially. And there is a call within your birth chart. So I get that. And I want to really explore that for you. You also have sun in the eighth house squared by Pluto, which is an indication of psychic ability. Now, before we kind of go any further with this, though, I want to say this. Because a person has the capacity to be an athlete, because they, you know, build muscle easily, they have stamina, because their bodies are, you know, kind of built for speed or whatever, doesn't mean that they should or that they want to be an athlete. 
And because somebody is athletic and kind of jockey doesn't mean that they want to be on team sports or that they should be in team sports. Having the capacity and the nature where you are capable of psychic development or mediumship does not mean you should. You only should if you feel called to it, if you want to. And for some reason, I've encountered over the years, many people have this sense that because they are intuitive, they should do intuitive work or psychics tell them that, you know, oh, this is what you should be doing. Psychic or intuitive ability, clairvoyance ability is like any other ability. It is something that can be nurtured and strengthened and used or not. And it's really important that you recognize your free will when you are exploring the idea of developing your spiritual abilities. Because if you do call in your ancestors, if you do cultivate and deepen your psychic or mediumship abilities, it will come with unintended consequences, just like everything else does. And these unintended consequences will make you more sensitive. It will force you to do more work on yourself, and it will bring a bunch of choices with it that you may or may not want to make. As far as this question you're asking about how to be of service, there are a lot of different ways to be of service. You have these sixth house planets, which the sixth house is concerned with the body. It's where we find our day job. It's also where we find physical health. You may feel called to do some sort of work to support people through nutrition or physical health, or you may want to do energy clearing work. However, I'm not going to tell you the job you should get. I will instead say to you that if you choose to build your abilities and skills and to convert it into a job, it's not as straight of a path as we often want it to be. I want to just ground you into the material. In the material, what we must acknowledge is that you have choices to make because you live within capitalism. Now, if you're not independently wealthy, if you have to make a living, then you have to think about how you want to structure your service and whether or not it's where you want to make your living from. You know, you didn't speak to that in your question, but it is a really important thing to consider. Just because you're doing good in the world doesn't mean that you don't have to pay rent or medical insurance or whatever. Like these things still demand our attention. And in your birth chart, I see a little bit of a tendency to ignore the material. My dear, you don't have any earth in your chart. That's right. I mean, you got Neptune and Capricorn. That is like the least <laughs> earthy planet a person could have in, in an earth sign. You do have a stellium in an earth house, but you really don't have any earth in your chart considering the pragmatic is not your first consideration, right? You're hearing a call and you're wanting to respond to the call. So trying to find a product or a service before you have found and centered yourself in your skills and in your relationship to your guides, whether that's ancestors or God or whatever, it won't work, unfortunately. It won't work in general, I think, for most people, and it won't work for you. My advice to you is to develop a daily practice where you get present and you practice really receiving your guidance and engaging with your guidance. And within this practice, you're going to inevitably find the answer. It's not going to happen overnight because our guides tend to be like that. So develop a practice. And after, whether it's meditation or sitting and just being receptive, after that time, doing some writing, just jotting down your reflections, what you've noticed, what you haven't noticed. And within this, over the course of many months, 
I believe you will figure out what the call is. Now, happily, you are going through a Pluto sextile to your midheaven. And this is actually a really great transit to be going through to figure out what you want to do with your life. Now, at the same time, Neptune is also squaring your Mars. And unfortunately, what this can coincide with is being caught up by a fantastical idea that doesn't really have roots and feeling really demoralized because you can't figure out what to do with that idea. It can also coincide with an intensifying of your energetic or spiritual perceptions and gifts, which is really wonderful, but it doesn't come along with clarity about what to do with it. All to say, explore it. Spend time being present with it. Let it reveal itself to you in its own damn time. The reality is having psychic perception is not especially easy or useful <laughs> a lot of the times. Most people who have psychic perception will tell you that they get information about things that are kind of useless, that you can't really do anything about. I'll remember when I was first starting to realize that I had psychic ability. I was driving on the freeway from Oakland to San Francisco. And as I was driving on that freeway, I saw the lane next to us in flames. I just felt it so strongly. I was like terrified. I just saw it in flames. It wasn't on fire at all. I got home. An hour later, I saw the news. And in fact, not long after I was there, like a big tank exploded and there was a fire. That was useless. It scared me and I wasn't able to help anyone or anything. I would like to tell you that it's easy, that all psychic information is useful, but it's not. It can be quite burdensome. You know, it was very stressful. I'm not saying this to discourage you. If you're not going to structure a meaningful part of your life around service, then inviting in psychic information can feel kind of burdensome because what do you do with it, right? And I do believe that you are called to service. So I want you to explore. Explore what it is that you do and how you do it. Seek books, seek mentors, seek teachers. And not to point you in the direction of what should I do with it, but instead to help you explore the landscape that is your skill set. This thing that you mentioned in your question, that fear and impatience and life circumstances gets in the way, yes, yes, it does. Yes, it does. I, will, I am nodding my head in great emphasis. Yes, it does. Fear inhibits our ability to receive guidance and make sense of it. Impatience, ditto. The thing about life is that it's this very material thing that is happening. And the thing about life, it is this very immaterial thing that we're participating in. And they're both true. These are kind of contradictory ideas, but they're both true. And what I want to ground you into is that you're going to have fear. You're going to be impatient. And if you have a practice, then that can just be part of who you are and part of what you're coping with instead of a deciding factor, which is a little bit of what I think you're struggling with now is that your fear and impatience is making you feel like you need to figure it out instead of you need to cultivate and practice which is really what the answer is, to cultivate and practice. So finally, to the part of your question where you say that I am masterful and clear, thank you. Thank you very much for saying so. Let me tell you this. The reason why I have any level of mastery and clarity is because I have been practicing for more than 25 years. <laughs> I've been doing this work for my full-time living since 1999. I've been doing this for a long time. I've had a lot of practice. Within that, I've had a lot of struggle and a lot of strength. I have made terrible mistakes and mediocre mistakes, and I've kept on trying. 
And sometimes my intuition is incredibly strong and sometimes it's not. When you're listening to a podcast, you are listening to a person who is presenting information with intention. And that's not the same as me sitting after a hard day dealing with the boundaries of being psychic in the world. It's really important that you know that because I hear some of what you're doing with your impatience is you're comparing yourself. And you're like, well, how can I get to a place of clarity? And the way you get to a place of clarity is staying present when you're not clear. That's it. I know it's annoying. What I'm saying is a little annoying because we'd like there to be this like aha magic moment. And some people get aha magic moments. That's not exactly how it works for me. And that's maybe not how it's going to work for you. And that's okay. If your calling, if your path is to develop your skills slowly over time, then that's your calling in your path. And you will be able to support others in doing the same eventually, if that's what you feel called to do. Final thing I'm going to say, my dear, is don't be a psychic peeping Tom. I know, I said it. Don't be a psychic peeping Tom. A lot of people, when they first start developing their intuition or their clairvoyance, or they start studying astrology, or they start reading tarot, what they do is they start reading for people who didn't ask for readings and peeping in on people who didn't ask for their advice or their hot take. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. It's very important that you don't do that because not everybody wants to hear your take. Not everyone wants to be your guinea pig. And it's really important to respect other people's process and to know that when somebody's in your personal life, you are not really objective enough to read what's going on for them. And those are the people, if you're not in a private practice, that you're going to have access to. So don't approach people on the streets and tell them that you talk to their dead mother don't tell your friend that you just had a psychic impulse about how bad their relationship is. If someone asks you for advice, you can give them advice. If someone asks you for your intuitive hit, give them that. But don't offer it to people that didn't ask for it because it's messy boundaries. And I think it's really important that I say this to you because at this time, you are going through the Neptune square to Mars. And also, you have this big, beautiful conjunction between Venus, the Midheaven, and the North Node in Pisces. You have Moon in the first house. And so you have an impulse, certainly now and in general, to say to yourself, I want to help and I feel called to help. And so I'm just going to offer something from my heart without first checking, is this person receptive to it? Is this something that they actually want? Is this coming from my heart or is it coming from my intuition? Because these are different tools and they require different boundaries. My dear, Part of being a high quality, supportive, and centered intuitive is having healthy boundaries with other people as well as with your guidance. And that, again, takes practice. So keep on practicing. I want to talk about your nervous system. And the reason why I want to talk about your nervous system is because the endless cycle of overwhelming and deeply upsetting news that we are subjected to and that many of us are actually living through is exhausting. The effect of the eclipse season, so aka July of 2019, has been really stimulating. In particular, eclipses tend to have that Uranian feel of surprises and being unsettled. And a lot of people who are aware enough about astrology to be aware about Mercury retrograde are just like, this is the worst Mercury retrograde. A big part of the reason why that is, is simply because it's been an eclipse season at the same time as that Mercury retrograde. So it's been really 
kind of exhausting. Even if you've been having a really great month and things have been pretty chill for you, uh, the world is, I would say, not in a chill place. And unless you're really somebody who doesn't feel impacted by the world around you at all, which my guess is if you're listening to this particular podcast, you are not that one, then you're bound to have been impacted. We'll get into it more through the horoscope. But I'm going to do something a little unusual, which is I'm going to read another question to you. And it's from a teacher working in Silicon Valley. And she says, I have so much love for the students I serve. I have so many emotions and anger about the ice raids that are impacting the community in which I work. I am receiving many emails from students who are so afraid for their families. I try my best to encourage them, support them emotionally, and give them information about their rights. I feel like I am drowning in fear and sadness for my students' lives. I never used to cry in front of my students, but now it's really hard to control. My question is, how can I keep helping my students when I'm about to fall apart and burn out? And this teacher wrote in and shared her birth info, which is June 13th, 1976, 5.13 p.m. in San Diego, California. I want to say, first of all, I don't know that there is an answer to this question. It is such a difficult, impossible task to reassure children of something that is actually not safe. When I pull up your chart, I can see something very important. You have something called the North Node in Scorpio in the 12th house, and it's conjunct the planet Uranus. You were born for this. You were born to help people emotionally and psychologically and spiritually in impossible situations. And so what I want to encourage you to know is that your feelings and your fears are healthy and normal. And there is a way to show that you feel vulnerable and scared and that their lives deeply matter to you and their welfare deeply matters to you and you are touched by it. It's okay for them to see that as long as you don't in any way make them feel less safe around it. I don't get the feeling that you do, but it's worth saying or that they feel that they have to take care of you or anything like that. I really, when I read your question, I was really inspired by this quote by Thich Nhat Hanh, which is, what is most important is not to allow your anxiety about what happens in the world to fill your heart. If your heart is filled with anxiety, you will get sick and you will not be able to help. You cannot single-handedly stop ice. It's not what you're going to be able to do here. You cannot protect all of these kids and their families. Unfortunately, girl, if I, if I could help you do that, I would. Recognize with great determination what you can do. And instead of allowing yourself to become so overwhelmed by what you can't do in such a way that it destroys you, find small victories, find small wins. And maybe those victories and wins are simply being an adult resource that these kids can trust and they can rely on. And I don't know about you, but I remember when I was a teen, if there was an adult who was actually listening to me and taking what I said seriously and honoring it and trying to help me find solutions or being honest when they couldn't, that was life-changing for me. You can continue to change lives, but you will have to prioritize managing your emotions and your nervous system. And this is part of why I'm sharing this particular question at this stage of the podcast, where I usually only do one question in a podcast. I do believe that this question is important for everyone to hear. Support the helpers. So if you yourself you know, have a corporate job and you're not especially like on the front lines helping people... But you have friends who are teachers and nurses and people who are working with people for a living. 
directly impacted vulnerable people for a living. Support those people. (laughs) Ask them how they're doing. Buy them lunch. When we don't have hope and we don't have faith and we don't feel safe, we can have determination. We can have clarity of intent. And that not only is more impactful and effective, but it soothes the nervous system because it's not like you're seeking all the answers and trying to track all the problems. It's that you recognize that you can be effective in some places and you're going to really bring your whole self to those places. And it has a essentially a grounding effect. And this grounding effect is soothing for the nervous system. Now, if you are really feeling just taxed and overwhelmed, you might teach your friend and also you, anyone listening, find Nervines. Those are herbs that calm the nerves. Lavender is a really common one. Take rescue remedy. Find ways that are natural, that don't medicate you to numbness, but are sustainable tools for coping. Because what we've seen in the month of July has happened during eclipse season. And and as I've reiterated, and I will continue to, what happens during eclipse season will continue to play out over the course of many months. And so we need to sustain our efforts. We need to sustain our compassion. We need to sustain our commitment to protecting the vulnerable, to speaking out against white supremacy and violence and hatred. We need to do this in the face of those things because more and more of those faces are coming into the light. I want to get into your horoscope. And I want to remind you through all of these transits that are upcoming this week to breathe, to breathe, to practice however you know how to be grounded. Easy cheats, eat foods that are grounding, breathe into your body, put your feet on the damn ground, move, exercise, dance, shake your head, shake your hands, do whatever you can to engage your physical self, your presence right here, right now. And I say this because we got a lot of Uranian energy going on. So on the 29th, we have a sun square to Uranus. And Uranus, its effects are like electricity. They just like through you. And so a sun square to Uranus can be pretty upsetting. It brings about um, surprises, changes, upsets. And this can be really amazing and wonderful. Something can happen or show up or reveal itself to you that you were not expecting. And that could just open up a whole new pathway. Trey, exciting. Also, it can be super freaking annoying where everything you feel like, you know, you're trying to do gets interrupted and it's not even interrupted by something you could have planned for. If you are dealing with upsets, do not worry. 72 hours. So it's exact on the 29th. You'll be feeling it all day, the 28th, the 29th, and the 30th. And it is agitating and irritating. But don't think that other people are more irritating than you are. We're all irritating. (laughs) We will all irritate someone. And so if you can try to give other people as much grace as you yourself want to be given on a day like today, that is a great thing. However, because Uranus is, is in the mix here, you know, again, it's going to feel pretty uh, nervousy. If you find that you want to knee-jerk react towards something or someone, I encourage you to get grounded and see if it's necessary. If it is not necessary, you may do well to wait just a couple of days, just a couple of days. Just think, you know, three days. If you can wait three days, that would be really exciting. It would be exciting because it would be coming from a more informed place instead of a place of like trying to like get a bug off of you, which is essentially what it's going to feel like, just really agitating. Now, on the 31st, 
this is a really important date astrologically because not only is it the end of eclipse season, we have a new moon in Leo at eight degrees of Leo, and it will be exact at 8, 12 p.m. Pacific time. And this new moon chart is really interesting because not only is it a new moon in Leo, which means the sun and moon are, you know, sitting at the exact same degree in the sign of Leo, but Venus joins them, which is really lovely, but Uranus forms a square to them all. At the same time, Mercury goes direct. Ooh, that's exciting. So we're still in the Mercury shadow period, but with Mercury going direct the same day as a new moon, I'm fascinated by that. I find that very interesting. And I want to really encourage you to pay attention, not just to what happens because of Uranus's involvement, something is likely to happen, you know, to you, from you, around you, but also to pay attention to where your mind goes, where you find yourself fixated, what you're remembering, reflecting on, what you're saying, the consequences of things you've said <laughs> that might pop up surprisingly around this date. Pay attention to all of those things if you can, because new moons are like openings. When these two luminaries come together, our feels and our, our sense of self, this is the once monthly time where we're kind of meant to reorient. It's a beautiful reset, not for letting go, but instead for opening up, for inviting in, for clarifying your intention. And the thing that's so cool about new moons and full moons is their monthly resets. And not only is that useful for you to know that that's like a fertile time to do those things, but it's also powerful to know that life is a cycle because we get so stuck, don't we? We get so stuck in, in our thinking and our attitudes and our behaviors. And there is a monthly reminder with astrology of bringing greater intention and heart to our choices, our habits, and our actions, which is useful, so useful. Now, because of Uranus um, forming a square to the Venus-Sun-Moon conjunction, we can expect things to be revealed that we weren't planning for, new feelings to come up. I don't want to encourage you to make use of this information. I want you to be interested in this information. I want you to investigate this information, to explore, instead of to fixate and come to a quick conclusion. What things seem like around this date may or may not actually be what they are. And so if you can find a way to be not just interested in what's happening, but also kind of excited about it, because we have Venus, Sun, Moon, and Mars all in the sign of Leo, there is potential here for passion and joy and play. And because Uranus is in Taurus, fucking with Venus, sun, and moon, <laughs> our play can be values-based, or it can be like a huge indulgence, depending on your nature and what's going on in your life. Pay attention to those themes. Make conscious choices around those themes. You capiche? I bet you do. I bet you capiche. Okay, that brings us to the second. Now, on the 2nd of August, we have a Venus square to Uranus being exact. So the transit is active on the 31st where we have that new moon, but it is exact on the second. My friends, my friends, Venus square to Uranus is a great time for getting new crushes or, you know, buying clothes that you would actually never wear. It is a great time for being open within your relationships or your relationship to relationships. Uranus is surprises and Venus is relationships. And that's relationships to others, to your body, to the concept of beauty, 
some money. And therefore, it's a great time to change things up, but not make them permanent. Uranus is about the present moment and wants to focus on the future. It is not about permanent decisions because Uranus is destabilizing so we can find a new truth. So again, you see that this week, there's a lot of destabilizing energy coming on the heels of this really destabilizing month. And, you know, when I look forward to August, there, there is some astrological stability that I see coming that will be a nice break. It's not going to be very long lived. Anyways, be open and don't freak out if something gets revealed that you weren't expecting. If you find that you are a gossip, you like shit talking your friends and your frenemies. Ho ho, be careful because things might start to come out. Mercury is direct and Venus square Uranus can reveal secrets. So shit talk at your own risk, my dears and loves shit talk at your own risk. So that's the horoscope for this week. I just can't thank you enough for hanging out with me for a whole year on this damn podcast. This weekly check-in with the stars and the human condition, the world at large. I don't know. I really I really love doing this. Thank you to every single one of you who tune into the show weekly. Uh, you know, for those of you who've been with me since the start, Kisses, kisses, kisses. Thank you so much for those of you who've just found out about the show this week or last week or whatever. Hello and welcome to our community of lovers and carers and haters and hopers. I am excited to see what we all do, how we all participate, how we can support and help each other as we do our very best on the days that we're not doing our worst, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's about it. So don't forget, my friends, don't forget to uh, write those little five-star reviews, pop in your social handle, because you may win some swag, some ghost of a podcast, maybe some Lignato swag. It'll be up to you what you want. But if you don't like stuff, if you don't want to like, you know, just get stuff, and you think stuff is for nerds, I respect you, you weirdo. You can just write me a review anyways. Subscribe to the show on whatever platform you're listening to it on. Oh, oh yeah. I don't know if you know this, but I'm on social media. So if you want more daily astrology and inspirational content, you can follow me on Instagram or Twitter. And I'm not that hard to find. I'm at Jessica Lignato. There is some weirdo out there who started an Instagram account with my name. I don't know why they did that, but you know, if you see a Jessica Lignato out there with zero posts, it's not me. It's a weirdo. Me, I post all the damn time. So just look for me on, on social media and let's be friends. Let's be friends. Every year they say the